All right. Um, we are going to continue our discussion on um, end times. Uh, the title, of course, is Are You Ready? And I think last week we spoke a little bit of just about my history, uh, my personal walk with the Lord, and what I was trying to do with this podcast in terms of identifying the times we're in and what it means in relation to the end times and how we as individuals should respond to that. Um, on this part, I, I want to kind of talk a little bit, well, most of it actually, about the history of Israel and Jerusalem and the Jews. And the reason that matters is because to fully understand when we talk about end times, we need to understand it in the context of the end times that was discussed in Matthew um, and how that relates to the question that was posed by the disciples um, when he was talking about the temple. And a lot of times we have to understand that when Jesus is responding to that question, he's responding to Jews in a Jewish context, okay? And so he's talking about his people, all right? And I want to be clear about what that means. So let me go ahead and read the paragraph that we're studying on, okay? And I'll expand on what my thoughts are of this and where we're going. So in Matthew 24, uh, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all these, do you not truly, I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Ten, Tell us when all these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Um, he goes into talk, talk later about, as we spoke last week, about not being led astray. There will be many signs and things will um, be foretold. There will be false prophets. But none of these things will be actually um, the actual end times. Now, why is that important? Why is it important for us to not be led astray? Well, if these are the end times, that means after the end times, Jesus will be restored. And it's important in the context of we as believers or not, or as unbelievers, are going to be held accountable to where we stand on one side or the other in the context of when Jesus comes back, are you with him or are you not? And the end times simply means that the end times is the end times as we know it in, in, in the status quo as, as, we, as we know it, right? That there will be a fundamental shift in the way life exists at that point when Jesus comes back. And of course, there's then, and, 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 and those of us who are not here will be affected by it also, 
because it speaks further on that there will be resurrection of the dead and there will be books open and then finally of course there's the eternal context which we'll get into a little bit later but just know that the end times means it's the end i mean that's a big deal right you know you watch these movies armageddon and it's the end of the world and the you know there's a big meteorite coming and it's going to kill everybody and boom and you all die but well that's the end what happens after the end and that matters okay so i w i was raised in in europe I, I was born in germany i grew up in england i went to a boarding school there and did my undergrad there uh, i've lived in greece i've lived in multiple cities around the world i have what's called a, a, a global um, perspective and, and I'm not to harp on it in any way like that's a cool thing but I, in the context of what I'm about to talk about it's important because I don't see the world necessarily as a I'm American or I'm an English or I'm you know I, I'm a bit of everything and I've been everywhere I've kind of done a lot of different things so I don't have this sort of patriotic whatever happens around me is going to be put into a sort of a nation patriotic context viewpoint if you will you know i don't the world's a big place and so i understand that when people are talking about themselves around the world a lot of times they are talking about themselves in relation to where they are what they're experiencing locally okay americans don't think about the same things people in greece think about yeah they think about you know how to get food on the table, how to make a living, when's the next vacation time comes, but there are different social thoughts and, and, and cultural dynamics to living in Greece as opposed to, for example, living in the States. That's just the way it is. You're going to talk to someone in Mongolia or you talk to someone in Russia and you talk to someone in China, anywhere in the world, they're going to have different, different cultural paradigms. They're going to have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Different holidays, the way they celebrate certain things, the way they get married. Just there's differences in all of us. So the world is a very different place in some ways, even though in the in very some fundamental ways it's the same, right? But having said that, I get that. I get that when we read the Bible, we're talking about a question that is posed in a local context. The disciples are asking Jesus, when will all these things happen here in the temple context of Jerusalem? And when this building is destroyed, when will we when when will we know that that's going to happen here, right here, not in the United States or in Sweden, hundreds of years where there was not even a church concept or even a you know there was there was no Jews over there that we know of in a, in a, in a in the sense that there was a community of Jews living in for example the barbarian lands of, of, of Scandinavia okay or, or even any known part of the modern world this was a Jewish question for Jews and Christ is answering as a Jew to the Jewish people that he's talking to that's really important because when we talk about these things, we have to talk about it in the sense that they are thinking about who they are and in what context uh, that means. So, having said all that, let's figure out who the Jews are. Let's have a quick history lesson on the Jews. Because 
we, we, we need to start thinking like that, they think. We need to have an idea of why these things are important to them. Um, and so I'm going to go through a quick history of two separate things. I'm going to go through the history of the Jewish people, and I'm going to go through the history of the temple. And I'm going to start with the Jewish people. All right? Um, after the, uh, the, the, the death of Solomon, now, you know, we could start all the way down from Abraham. Abraham, of course, was made a promise by God that there will be a nation that will come from his loins. And it goes forward then, of course, to speaking about uh, Moses and the Ten Commandments. And then further on from that, um, we have, of course, the... Um, uh, what do you call it? Excuse me. Um, lost my train of thought. And from that, of course, we can go all the way to the, to the kings. Okay? King David. And so... What we need to first of all understand is that, um, and we spoke a little bit about last week, is that God had made a special people for himself. He had chosen a special people for himself, and these were the Jews. And he had made some covenants with them, okay? And these these span all the way across from the, uh, you know, the covenant at Edom, the Adamic covenant, the Noahic covenant, Abrahamic, and so on and so on. But we're going to focus on two of the big ones, Okay. One is the Abrahamic covenant, and the other one is the um, Mosaic covenant. And, of course, the Davidic covenant and the new generation and all those two, well, they all matter, but these two are the ones we're going to focus on. And so with the Abrahamic covenant, he's talking about restoration. And what type of restoration are you talking about? He's talking about the restoration of the land of Israel and the people of Israel. And the blessings that they would know God. And the reason there's a restoration, because during the time of Noah, the entire world was destroyed. And he made a covenant with Noah after he did that, that he would never do that again, and that he would remind himself by having a rainbow. And from that was the Abrahamic covenant, the restoration covenant, which is in Genesis uh, chapter 12, 1 to 3. Then it goes on to the Mosaic covenant, which is where he reveals himself to his people. Okay, so he's promised Abraham restoration and that there will be a special people living a special land that would be blessed by him through Abraham. Then he has the people in Egypt there come out of exile and he reveals himself to them. And that's the, the Mosaic covenant, okay? which is goes on in Leviticus. I'm kind of going through this quickly so we can kind of get to the nitty-gritty a little further down. And then it goes to what's called the Davidic covenant. This is where the reign of the king, okay? This is through David, because human, human beings are sinful, he would restore a relationship with them through the house of David, and that would be Jesus. And so just get that there's, a, there's eight covenants God has made some promises to his special people through Abraham, and it requires that they have land, that they are his people, and that they would be blessed. Okay? So now, fast forward, and Jesus is in this land, and he's with his people, and through the, 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 the story of the Bible, he is trying to, through the new covenant of regeneration, Basically, restore everything that God had promised previously. And that is the land, the people, and the blessing. Let's remember that. And why is that important? 
Well, if you look at the history of the Jews from 931 BC after Solomon's death, the United Kingdom of Israel is split in two. You have Judah and you have Israel. In 722, Israel is invaded by the Assyrians and they're kicked out, okay, sent into exile. In 612 BC, the Babylonians conquered the, conquered the Assyrians and then a little further down the road, I think it's like 40 years in 586 BC, they conquered the southern kingdom of Judah, which is, you know, David's kingdom. After that happened, they're sent into exile. So they've lost, for one vague reason, this is important, they've lost part of the first Abrahamic covenant. They've lost the land, okay? So the people have lost the land. That's important. As we go further down, they're in, Israel, they're in exile for almost, I think, over a period of 70 years. And this is where you have the book of Daniel is written, where he has a great deal of visions. And we're going to get into that later in one of the other podcasts down the road. Um, and they're crying to be restored to the land. That's important. Comes along, uh, 538 BC, King Cyrus, he conquers the Babylonians and returns the people of Israel back to their kingdom and he allows them to rebuild Solomon's temple that's the second temple and the first temple I should have mentioned this earlier the first temple when the Babylonians conquered Judah they destroyed the temple so now they're building a second temple through the blessing of Cyrus Cyrus is talked to by God and he allows them to basically rebuild a temple. This is the temple that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 24, okay? We fast forward, we have Alexander the Great. He conquers, of course, you know, Cyrus. That's in 334, I believe, BC. Then the Seleucids, after, you know, after um, Alexander dies, he has no, he has no, he has no um, seed. It isn't, no one can inherit it, so he has to split up his kingdom between his generals. And the, the one of the Seleucid kingdoms is the ones that inherit the land of the Jews. They, 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 they take over that area. They have Hellenistic Jews, religious Jews. They come back and they, they sit in this under King, I think it's the fourth. And this is during the second temple. This is important because what happened is in Daniel, there's a, there's a time when, when we talk about the end times as a time in Daniel where the, we all know that there's the end times when there's a, a, a something a, a, a desolation is put into the temple. This happened unto Antiochus the fourth, who puts a statue of Zeus in the temple during that period, and it's an abomination of desolation, right? I mean, that's like that's terrible. But but and this is important. When that happened, Jesus hadn't even been born yet. So he hadn't returned, and it's not that this is not the this is not the destruction we're talking about. Okay, this is not the abomination. This is not this. So let's let's just lay that aside. Uh, people are going to have different discussions and views on that. You know, there's a lot of people in theology that believe that that's what he was talking about. No, we're going to move forward. In 165 BC, um, the, the 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 Jews have been so Hellenized. Which is a fancy word for basically the you know the Greek language was put in the schools, and Greek is the is the is in philosophy, and so the Jews have been so Hellenized that they revolt against the Seleucid Empire. There's a successor the, the, the rebellion succeeds, 
and the Hasminian dynasty is is established during this period. Okay, and and that's when all this thing with the with the Zeus and they, they it just they go they had this revolt and for a while, um, almost I think it's a hundred years actually. They the Jews are once again restored to the land. That's important. Okay, and there are people again in. 63 to 73 AD, the Romans come along, they conquer uh, Israel, and they basically take over the land again, so they've lost the land again, and the Jews, they revolt again. And kind of long story short, the Romans, through the uprising, end up destroying the temple. This is the second temple. They totally burn it down to the ground. They raise it to the ground. It's gone. Alright? A lot of people think that that's the temple that Jesus is talking about. The problem with that again is that's before Jesus. Okay? Because what happens is anyway, I'm going to go keep going. I don't, I, I, it's complicated. I'll, we'll get into that in the next podcast. Just bear with me here. This goes on after, the, after this revolt. The Jews are scattered all over the place. I mean, all over that known, over the continent. From and they live in in anywhere from Galilee, not from Galilee, um, through Palestine, everywhere. They just they're scattered across that known world. Um, fast forward early in the seventh century, under the Byzantine and Visigoth Empire, there's now thriving Jewish communities all over the Mediterranean basin. They're they're everywhere. And they're sub, they're, you know, they're subjected to persecution, and, and 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 they're forced to convert to Christianity. All right, so this goes on throughout history. They've been removed from the land, and they have been uh, persecuted, and they've been per- they get persecuted throughout history. I mean, it's crazy. We go down to the to the um, the communities, the, the Jewish communities in in the Western Europe uh, after that. After that, they they spread even further into the eastern part of the Europe. Um, and in uh, in 1099, the, the the Christians launched what's called the Crusades, and a lot of the Jews and the Muslims were living once again in that area, the Holy City of Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. But they are then again persecuted by Christians who who blame them for the death of Christ, and so they once again are scattered. But this time they're scattered even further out. Okay. Um, all over Europe now. They're all over all over Europe um, to basically what we call modern day, you know, Belgrade, the Black Sea, up to up, all the way across to the what's you know um, Budapest, Hungary, you know, uh, up to Baghdad, the, you know, just all of the known west of all, all up to the edge of the Caspian Sea, further down to the east. They go all the way up to, um, in 1492, they're all the way up to, like, what's known as modern-day Czech Republic, or was Yugoslavia. I mean, they're in Central Europe at this point, okay? And this is the period of the Black Death. This is when they had uh, the plague, which uh, was called the Black Death, which was spread by rats. And at that point, once again, uh, the, Jew- the Jews are persecuted because... Um, the European population blames them for bringing the plague. And so they scatter again. And they exile all the way even further east 
and they're in the autumn, what's known as the basically they end up in in a place between 1492 to 1520, in in, in all the way to Spain, all the way up to the steppes of Russia. I mean, they're in what's at that point known as the Ottoman Empire. Okay, and during the 16th century, which is what that period was, they are now in. Poland, which is modern-day Poland, Russia, Lithuania, uh, Belarus, which is, you know, like I said, Belarus is right next to Russia, Ukraine, Latvia, they're in all of those areas, okay? They, that's where they migrated to from the persecutions of the Black Death. Something happens again in 1648 to 1644. And there's a thing called the Kaminsky Uprising. Now, up to this point, the Jews are fairly, they're doing fairly well. As a people, they're still coalesced culturally and religiously, and they spread over all these c countries, but they've kept their identity, and they're thriving. They're doing fairly well. They're in banking, trade, they're doing okay. Uh, the Kaminsky Uprisings, a bunch of Cossacks got together, and they, they basically have a revolt. And once again, they kill... I think between 100 to 300,000 Jews. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Something happens, the Jews get dispersed, they get persecuted. Something happens, the Jews get dispersed, they get persecuted. And it's important because in each of those instances, they're getting further and further away from having the land. Okay? And if they don't have the land, they don't have restoration. Okay? So, um, after that happened, I think I think the, the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth is what that was called. When that fell, Russia then inherited that land, and of course, more persecution, all the way up to um, I think it was about uh, the first half of the 19th century. I think it was uh, the the Jews were killed in violent riots uh, in Russia at that point. And after the riots, the immigration of the Jews started going to Western Europe, uh, which is, you know, everywhere from France, England. They moved from that part of Eastern Europe to Western Europe. They started migrating to the United States. And this is, uh, this is, uh, this is the first half of the 19th century. Uh, and, and this is when things were finally good for the Jews. But they're not in Israel. They are now basically scattered all over the Western world. Some are in Palestine, but a majority are all over the place. Now you can imagine, this is a group of people who are very aware that they have a promise from God that they would be restored to the land of Israel, particularly to the temple where they would be able to continue to sacrifice and worship God. But they're everywhere but there. So they have a strong desire to return to their homeland. The only problem is at this point, during the Ottoman Empire, the Palestinians occupy that area, which is now modern Israel. Okay, they occupy this area. This, this is an Arab-controlled area. And in 1897, the first Zionist Congress uh, started looking at creating a homeland for themselves. So they were returning back to Palestine, returning back to the Israel. Now these guys are all over the Ottoman Empire. They're in the West. They're in the East. And they're under control. They're under the control of a great deal of countries, but particularly, it's important that they that they relate that under the Ottoman Empire is where Israel is, 
before the First World War, the Palestinians were under the rule of the Ottomans. And they're telling, basically, the Ottoman Empire, we want land. And they're like, no, we're not giving that to you. Absolutely no way. Well, it kind of ends there, but then this thing called World War I happens. And we're not going to get into that too much, but when it's over, the Ottoman Empire is no more. It's gone. Right? They have to succeed a lot of their lands. They've lost the war because they sided with the Germans, and they lose. And the British take over that area. Okay? And this is important because now the British are a lot more hospitable to the idea of the Jews who are all over Western Europe, including the, in, including the British Empire, having a place to them to return. Okay? So in 1917, something very important happens. It's something called the Balfour, the Balfour Declaration. And this is where the foreign minister issued uh, a decree basically saying that we want to provide a small Jewish nation in the area that was once the Ottoman Empire in the area of the Palestinians where they are currently. So they would share the land, okay? That didn't go over very well with the Arabs. They didn't like that one bit. Because what they were basically saying was, we're going to take some of your land and give it to the Jews. Because that's their original homeland. So there's a lot of, you know, migration is happening. The Jews are going there anyway. And as there's so many of them there, they're trying to find a way for them to coexist. They're going to give them a section to Palestinians, and they're going to give another section to the Jews, which is, by the way, larger than the Palestinian section, but, you know, it's another story. And so there's clearly, it's understandable, there's a lot of tension between these two groups. So when that happens, there's a lot of violence to and fro, and the British are caught, kind of caught in between, and they're just, they're, they're fed up. And they're like, okay, we're out of here. And so they hand it over to the United Nations. And the, the United Nations, they have what's called the, 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 the UN Partition Plan. And that is a plan where they have decided that they will declare independence for Jews and they would have their own Jewish state and as the Palestinians would have their own Jewish state and the city of Jerusalem would be a UN protected zone. Why is that important? Okay. In the Davidic confidence, there's something that that's... God promises David that he would have a kingdom forever that would rule through his line. And we now know that that kingdom is, 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 is going to be through Jesus. Jesus was the Davidic king that he's talking about. But the reason that's important is that it's not just a spiritual kingdom. It's going to be a physical presence in Israel, in Jerusalem. And up to that point, Jews didn't have a place to call home, let alone a city to call home, let alone even a nation to call home, okay? And here, they're suddenly able to have that. In fact, what happened on, on May 14th in 1948, Ben Ben-Gurion, who was the, they consider him to be the founder of Mondale Israel, he agreed to the UN partition plan, and he declared on May 14th, 1948, we're going to agree to this plan and the state of Israel exists. And of course, the Arabs had immediately opposed the plan when it was announced. And so when that happened, they went to war. And it was a war that lasted a year. But Israel won that war. Okay? Which is 
which when you look at the that in of itself was a complete miracle um so when the war was over they actually ended up having more land and the palestinians were exiled okay a lot of them they lost the land that they had and they lost a lot of the the land that they had and ended up exiled in 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 an, further down the road there was another war it was called the six-day war and they lost even more land and the reason the six-day war was really important is because when israel won that war they got possession of jerusalem now here's what's interesting and we're going to talk about jerusalem next no culture throughout history no nation that has lost its land lost its cultural identity has existed past two generations and here we have the nation of israel two thousand some years later restored to the land of israel with that cultural identity intact totally diverse by the way i mean these jews had spread all over the globe and they were different nationalities you know they were jewish but they had different nationalities that went back to israel there were some from germany they were from all over the world but they were cohesively still jews once again living in the jewish homeland having possession of the city of jerusalem okay now let's talk about jerusalem why is jerusalem so important why does it matter Let's talk about Jerusalem. In Jeremiah 29, 14, there's a statement that's made. This is Jeremiah now. Of course, they've been exiled to Babylon, but he's not just talking about the restoring of the people of Israel in the context of returning from Babylon. He's talking about an eternal restoration, okay? Because don't forget, God doesn't just work with certain periods only. He works in an incurrent. When he's making a covenant with, with David, he's talking about an eternal kingdom, a kingdom forever. And a kingdom has a place that it needs to be at a certain place. Not just a heavenly kingdom, he's talking about an, uh, an earthly kingdom. So in Jeremiah 29, 14, he says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. That's important. In Isaiah 66, 8 to 9, there's a statement that's read, Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? Shall a nation be brought forth in a moment? For as, as soon as Zion was in labor, she brought forth her children. Okay? He's talking about the rebirth of Israel. Okay? And Israel, on the May 12, 1948, was restored. These are all prophecies written thousands of years ago about the restoration of Israel and the restoration of Israel is important because Israel is also the restoration of the Davidic kingdom is about the king of the city of David which in the city of David is Jerusalem and Jerusalem is where Jesus will rule and be restored he will come and restore order for the 1000 year reign okay that's another conversation we're going to get into that so Jerusalem is key for this to happen Jerusalem is very much part of the story it's where, in 1676 BC, the binding of Isaac happened. Uh, 957 BC, the King David, the first temple was built under Solomon. In 720 BC, the first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians when the Jews were sent into exile. Okay, 516, they restored under Cyrus. Second temple was built. 
332, the Greek conquest happens. The Maccabees come. Roman period, they destroy the second temple. You go all the way down through history, and as things were happening, where the temple is, you know, there's an expulsion, the Mamluk period, and I can't get into all that, there's a lot of periods, but needless to say, Jerusalem goes from one hand to the other. Okay, First Crusade, massacres of Jews, Muslims, um, 1917, the Ottoman Empire, Empire you know, it's, 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 it's crazy what the city has has gone through but in that process the, 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 the city of Jerusalem becomes relevant not only to Jews it becomes relevant to Christians Jews and Muslims that's important so now this city is now a sacred place to both Muslims Jews and Christians but God, remember I spoke earlier, when he's talking, Jesus is talking, he's talking about a Jewish restoration. We're not talking about an Islamic restoration. We're not talking about a Christian restoration. He's talking about a Jewish state, nation, people's restoration. That's what God is talking about. Because up to this point, Jews have been spread all over the place, right? They're everywhere. They're brought back to to Israel and now this is the first chapter of restoration of Jews to their homeland and uh, ideally that would lead to the temple being rebuilt and after the temples being rebuilt then we have a new story because once the temple is rebuilt we know that there's a very specific period of time when Jesus return will occur okay and that's why Jerusalem is important and that's why the story of Israel is important in the context of the Jews all right I'm gonna leave it there for today it's a lot to chew on and you're probably thinking where's he going with all this needless to say when Christ returns you know he died on the cross he was resurrected and he ascended into heaven but he promised his return his rule and his reign, and there will be a period of judgment after that. But before those things happen, there's certain things that will happen in the end times. You know, the, 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 there will be a, a, a um, great turmoil. Um, when the Antichrist comes, he will put an abomination in the temple. Once that happens, and there's a great conflict, at the end of that conflict, Jesus will return to Jerusalem to rule and to reign okay that's important for us as Christians that's important for the Jewish people why when Christ died he was rejected by a lot of the Jews not all of them a lot of them ended up believing him and, and, and became Christians but a lot of them didn't and to this day the Jews are still Jewish they they believe Jesus existed, they don't believe he's the Messiah. They want a temple so they can continue to do sacrifices and wait for the Messiah return to rule and to reign, but they're looking at it from the wrong direction. They're not looking at it from the point of Christ has already come. And the, the modern church is an extension of the Jewish people in the sense that they're God's chosen people. They still think that we have some special place and special relationship that is geographical and very specific to us. And what it says in the Bible at one point, it says that um, 
you know, the Gentiles, it was everybody except Jew, basically. We're Gentiles. Christians today are Gentiles. They were grafted in to the reality of the Jewish thing, of the Jewish promise, right? And at one point, those who rejected that will be restored. The Jews that rejected us becoming part of this story will be restored. Not all of them. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff they have to go through for that to happen. We're going to talk about that next time. But it's going to happen once again. We go back to the Abrahamic covenant. It says it's going to happen in the land of Israel to the people of Israel and there will be a blessing. And through the Davidic reign, which is the other covenant, which is David's covenant, it will be a throne which Jesus will sit upon. It will be the house of David, which is Jews, that's what Jesus comes from. And it will be a kingdom that will last forever. And Jesus regenerates that. Okay? So, we as Christians are grafted in through the new covenant, which is a covenant of regeneration. Okay? But as that process unfolds, the Jews will also become part of that new regenerated covenant. And it all happens in the land of Israel to the people of Israel, the remnant, if you will. And the blessing will come to them as well as it's come to us. That's it for today. Uh, look at all these things. Check them up. It's you know, There's some great passages in the Bible. In Jeremiah, there's some great passages in Matthew 20. I, I encourage you to read Matthew 24. Um, go through that. 24, 20, 23, 24, 25. And just study all this stuff. And we're going to talk about when the tribulation comes. And here's the thing that's interesting. And I'm kind of going over my time. But there's group of people in the theology that believe there's what's called the pre-tribulation group and the, and the post-tribulation group. Before Jesus returns, a lot of us are going to be taken up and we won't have to deal with any of the stuff that's going to happen when the Antichrist returns and attacks Jerusalem and attacks the temple and puts the desolate, you know, the, 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 this, this thing in the this desolate, this abomination in the temple. All that period, the pre-tribs believe that we're not going to see that. As Christians and followers of Jesus Christ, we're not going to have to deal with that. There's the post-tribulation folks that say, well, no, doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. Uh, we are going to be part of that, and we're going to have to get alongside the Jews and, and deal with the, all the consequences of that because we're one people. But Jesus will come at the end of both of those, of those tribulation periods, uh, uh, ideas. And the reason this is important because the sign of the times and what we're looking at is this the beginnings of the beginnings of the beginnings of that period. And if that's the case, what do we do about it? Who are we supposed to be today? And the reason that's important, I'm kind of going into next week and I don't want to, but I want to give you a taste of what we're going to be talking about next week. Next week we're going to be talking about why that stuff matters. Why does it matter that if this were, if this is the beginning of the beginning of the signs of the pre of the tribulation period, what does that mean for us as Christians, non-Christians, Jews? What does it mean if the Antichrist is down the road? What 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 timing? What does it all mean for us? Okay. And how do we identify the times? Because he talks to the fact on in that Matthew, he talks about keep an eye out for those times. Be aware of those times. There's something that very, very interesting thing happened, and I'm going to leave it with this, about a, a three weeks ago, a month ago. Um, now, you have to understand, I've just talked about how the Arabs have fought four wars against Israel. They have sworn enemies of Israel. Matter of fact, modern-day Palestine 
was ancient Philistine and the Philistines occupied and were ruling over the Jews for over 100 years. So this stuff has been going on for as long as, you know, time immemorial, okay? There's been an animosity between the Arabs, the Muslims. Now, I don't want to say Muslims. I want to say the Arab nations and the and, 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 and the Israelis, the Israeli nation, and the Jews, if you will. In the modern context I'm talking about right now. And, uh, you know, we had the the, plea, we had the peace with uh, the David Accords, with, with Carter. We've had some other peace agreements, with, uh, with I think, with Jordan and Egypt. But nothing has really been, you know, nothing that would say, okay, you know, they can build a temple right now. Because if you look at that temple, the supposed location of the temple, there's a mosque on there. It's the Dome of Iraq. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very uh, sacred place to Muslims. So building a temple there for this so-called desolation of abomination to come in, that's this can have to be some negotiations between the, the Arab nations for that to happen and Muslims in general. Well, four weeks ago, Israel had made had not had made a, an agreement with the United Arab Emirates to normalize relationships, not a peace treaty, normalize relationships. In other words, they will start having diplomatic and financial cooperation, as well as travel, cultural. It's a huge deal. And we're going to talk more about that and what that means in terms of looking out for the signs and what we're dealing with today. And what does it all mean? So, till next time, thank you very much for spending time with me. Uh, I look forward to hopefully uh, having you with me again next time. Until then, bye-bye.